You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where, again, we're going where the SMR Nation wants to go. Are we now? Absolutely. Okay. Because we're talking about sex, we're talking about marriage, we're Deal. talking about the issues that happen, and those are the emails that come in, those are the voicemails that come in. Perfect. Because, you know, if sex was easy, and if there was quick solutions to this thing, there would be one magazine sold. Right? What, like one episode of one magazine. Right. Because yeah. it would say 52 ways to whatever, and that's it. Done. Done. Check it off the list. But it just <laughs> doesn't work that way. No, it does not. Because there's a whole lot more going on. And that's what we talk about here at Sexy Marriage Radio, is we want to speak to what goes on in your marriage. And so you can let us know. We're asking for your voice, please. 214-702-9565, or make a voice recording and email it to us, or just email your question. We'll take them all at feedback at sexymergeradio.com because this is listener-driven radio. Um, we want to help. We do. And we want to be involved. And that's kind of been the thread all the way through. And the way we want you involved is we want to we want you to join us on the platform at my.smrnation.com. Mm-hmm. Join the conversations that are taking place there. You can jump into the academy levels and get extended content. And there's even more. Uh, that you can find. And then also please rate and review, subscribe, spread the word because the nation is what's helped us keep going for over a decade now. That's fun to say. It is fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation I had with Dr. Kelly Casperson, mm-hmm. who is an MD urologist okay. that deals with um, just a lot of the issues that, that come up um, in sexual health, sexual Function, mm-hmm. men and women both. Yeah. And so she's got a unique skill set to just kind of begin to speak on what are diff- some of the different things. In this first segment, we talk about the limiting beliefs, mm. specifically the I'm not broken. Yeah. Because a lot of times there's this belief of there's something best, I'm broken, there's something wrong. That's a head game right there, right? Absolutely yeah. it is. And so that's where we go in the regular version today is just talking about these beliefs Where do they come from? What do we do with them? I like it. And then on the uh, extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We go into a deeper conversation based on the first segment of discovering and discussing where orgasms reside in the brain. Interesting. And it's such a fun exploration. Good deal. All that's coming up on today's show. Well, I'm excited to bring um, a, a specialist, I guess probably one of the great ways to describe you, Kelly, is Dr. Kelly Casperson um, is joining me today for Sexy Merge Radio because uh, she is an MD at urology, right? That yep. is what your specialty is. Yep, urology. And and so I think you bring a unique skill set and a unique uh, framework to the whole realm of marriage and sex and just relationship dynamics. And so this is going to be a fantastic conversation, Kelly. I'm already excited. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So 
I was looking through some stuff that you've got and then the show that you have and, and you and I have a similar mission, right? That it's, it's yeah. truly let's, let's help people and, and let's help them get out of their own way. Let's help some of the myths. Let's help some of that. You frame it as limiting beliefs. Yep. Um, so walk me through what are the big ones you see that are truly are limiting beliefs when it comes to the way people interact with life, uh, interact with their sex life interact in relationships. Oh man, this is so good. Uh, how much time do you have? We have so many limiting beliefs, right? <laughs> the, the thing about beliefs is like, we think they're facts. Like that's what our brain does. Our brain's like, this is a fact when really it's just a thought. A thought you think over and over and over again, whether you're aware of it or not aware of it is a belief, right? Right. And then we say a belief, a limiting belief is something that you're like, it's actually kind of holding you back from whatever else could be out there or, yeah. or even just a different way of looking at things, which might serve you better than the way that you're look, currently looking at something. So that's what to break it down for what's a limiting belief for somebody. Um, limiting beliefs for sex. There's so many. Um, sex should be easy. This shouldn't be hard. I should have, I should want spontaneous desire all the time. Um, you know, just, just so many, like, and we just think they're rules, right? Uh -huh. But they're not rules. Like these aren't actually like provable in the court of law. Um, they're just things that we tell ourselves that really we say, what do you, what do you try to start challenging a belief? You can say, is this serving me? Right. Is a yeah. nice way to kind of just judge yeah. that belief of like, is this, is it serving me to think like, I don't want sex and I don't like sex and sex is, is difficult and like all that stuff. It's like, oh, maybe it's not serving you. What's a different way of thinking about it? Um, and it's a leap for some people to be like, I can't just start thinking sex is fun, right? It's not believable yet. <laughs> right. But, you, but a thought of what we call bridge thoughts is I'm learning to explore sex in a different way. Right. Okay. Oh, that's, belie that's believable. I'm going to listen to some podcasts and like actually start talking to my spouse about it. So you, that's a, already a more believable thought. Right. And it, that thought helps your brain start looking at ways of like, oh, how can I start learning about sex? That might be fun because your brain will start wanting to prove that thought true. Right. So it's like whatever okay. you feed it is very important because then it'll start looking for for you know, proof for that. So right. those are, those are some common limiting beliefs as far as sex goes that I see a lot. Yeah, oh, another limiting belief. Um, now that I've hit menopause, women just don't like sex after menopause. Um, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, nobody has sex in a long-term relationship, so it's okay that I don't, um, just kind of these beliefs, you know, that yeah. we don't challenge. Well, so personally speaking, I'm hoping those two suckers are truly wrong beliefs because I'm in a long-term relationship and menopause for my wife can't be far away because I'm 50 now. And, you know, so life is getting up there for us. Life's we're we're now considered old to our kids. Right. Um, yeah. But average I've, age of, of menopause in America and the UK is 51 just for people. I mean, menopause perfect. is so not talked about that. Like it's yep. good just to like sprinkle facts in there for people. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what we try to do with sexy right? Rage radio all the way through. And I know that's what you're trying to do too. One of the things I loved um, the limiting belief I saw right off the top that you is that whole, I'm a, I'm broken. Yes. Right. That something's oh, yeah. wrong. Something's so therefore wrong I'm, I'm broken. Um, Let's let's talk about that because I think that is such a destructive thought process and and belief. If I start to really own that, and I see that on two levels, tell me help help me point out where I could be wrong or let's refine it. Um, one is obviously an individual, right? And if it's the female or the male, 
but I would put it most likely the lower desire partner comes across as, well, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. But I think it also becomes a relational belief that now all of a sudden their partner thinks that it's them that's broken. And yes, now you got all kinds of issues that can come from it. But let's let's talk about the individual level first. And I think you lean yourself more towards working with a, a, a lot more of the female population. Yes. I tend to in my in my podcast in my female sex ed. I mean, as a urologist, I'm trained. We're trained in male sexual function, right? Okay. So, like, to I get I get to come at it from a very you know any gender perspective. Yep. Yep. But cer- certainly, what I thought was lacking was female sexual education um, and equality, right? If we're going to give credence to his sexual function, we should give equal and opposite credence to hers. Totally. So, just by default, I I do tend towards female. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so let's, let's go with that on the, on let's maybe choose both men and women, both on when that limiting belief comes in, if I'm broken, let's, let's unpack that. Yeah. So when we'll say she, we'll say she feels broken, right? That limiting belief prevents you. Like I said, the brain tries to justify those thoughts, right? So like if you're broken, you might not be looking at ways that you aren't broken. Right. Like even that simple thing of like, I'm actually really great as a mom. I'm actually really great as a partner. I'm I love my feet. Like whatever. You're not like doing all of the things where you're like, there's actually so much of you that's not broken. Number one, I would argue nobody's inherently broken. I think we are all worthy as we are without changing anything. Um, So my my belief is nobody's broken. Um, But amongst the broken feeling, there's so much that's not broken. But if you think you're broken, you're not seeing all those other things. So I think that's number one with the spouse. Cause I'll see this, the spouse that will say stereotypically male spouse will come in and he'll say, she's broken. She needs to be fixed. She's the problem. She's the problem. And what that does is number one, it reinforces her belief that she's broken. Cause look, the person I love the most is saying it. And number two, it absolves him of any work that he has to do in the relationship. Yeah. And that's, that's where it starts to become so, uh, convoluted if you will because i mean sexy marriage radio has a history of i love it some of my favorite listeners are the ones that have reached out to me saying hey i found you and i started listening because i needed my spouse fixed you know because that's a lot of the reason why people reach out for help is yeah fix my spouse that'll make my life and and plot of life a whole lot better and then i would hear from them after a couple of weeks of listening i hated you because you wouldn't do anything about the spouse you were only making me deal with me and Beautiful. Like, well, duh that's what the whole point is mission <laughs> <Vision> accomplished <laughs> exactly but i love what you just said on the idea of the brain will kind of look for reasons to make it true if you will of like if i have this belief of i'm broken then now all of a sudden it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy of, yep, see, that didn't work. It, that just confirms the fact that I'm broken. It doesn't work. And rather than, okay, how do you slow that down? How do you challenge that belief? How do you look at the other areas like you're describing? And it really can round out your experience of, wait, I could learn in this. I, I am capable of this because I've even proved it out maybe way, way back in the past, but I have proved it. So what's changed? And it's just kind of all at that level of just discussing a dynamic inside you changes everything, right? 
Yeah, and it's really poking. I, I like to say I like to poke holes in thoughts, right? Of like, you get to let the sunshine in or the water run through or something then is like all these thoughts, which we take as facts. And then we're like, is it actually serving us? And with the whole broken thing is like, what are you not experiencing or going after in life because of your belief that you're broken, right? And okay. it's like, the sky's the limit. Once you figure out like, oh, I'm as worthy as anybody else is of X, Y, and Z. Let's go for it. The Sex and Marriage Radio Academy is a private community of people perfecting the art of a passionate marriage. It's your opportunity to fully experience the fact that the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Not only that, you get to discover that being in a community makes a better life as well. The Academy is a private space for listeners and readers of Sexy Marriage Radio, a place to connect with others about life, relationships, and marriage. You'll find people that come together to meet, support one another, and get answers to burning questions, learn from experts, participate in growth challenges, and more. Marriage can be hard. Don't go at it alone. You pick the level of access. Go to smrnation.com forward slash smracademy to join today. So how do you then transition the person that's that's talking about that? Uh, uh, they're listening to this and thinking, okay, I resonate with this. This is, this is something I tell myself. What's my first step? I think the first step is just question the thought, right? Of like, is it absolutely true? And that's what all the big thought leaders do with like the mindfulness and the awareness of like, just realize it's a thought even, right? Like, is it provable in the court of law? No. Okay. It's a thought and it's not a fact. And then you can start just questioning. It was just seeing it as a thought, right? And realizing like, I'm really hanging on to this thought. And you could just start playing with it of like, where did it come from? Oh, well, it it turns out that my second grade teacher called me a smart ass in front of the entire class. And ever since then, I won't speak up because I'm super afraid of the second grade. Right. right. And you're like, these thoughts aren't even ours. Sometimes they get put in there by other people. And you can, then you can start like letting in the light, you know, letting the water right. drain out and like start playing with it. Because again, making that leap from like, I'm not broken to I'm amazing is like that people don't do that. If people did that, it'd probably be a different world. But so we just have to start like, you know, poking holes in the thought, seeing where that thought came from, seeing how it might not be true, seeing if the opposite might be true. So you just really start playing with your thoughts. Okay. And then I think you add that second question you had earlier of, is this serving me? Is this this something that's providing a lot of value or life or vibrancy or anything to my experience? Because if I can take a curious stance, like you're describing, I change everything rather than I'm all of a sudden immediately judgmental and buying it. Totally. And, it, you know, for the sex, if I feel broken in my sexual relationship, is that is that serving our relationship for me to just feel broken? Like, is that accomplishing anything? Well, no, it's just kind of allowing me to sit in this, you know, pit of despair. So right. realizing it's not actually serving my relationship for me to feel broken. So now now what can we do about that? Right. And so then let's 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 pivot it to the relationship dynamic, because you are talking about the idea that, you know, a spouse comes in thinking, well, fix them. That's my, that's my issue is them that I love the fact that when I get a chance to work with couples and one of them really gets it and they up their game in a sense, and they really start questioning some things it usually freaks the other partner out because then it'll sound like, wait, 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 wait. Now there's more required of me. Now there's what's what my role in this has been is starting to become more seen and, and obvious. And I don't know if I like this. Mm -hmm. as much, which then that's still limiting beliefs on their side. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, I think again, stereotypically, cause that's how, that's how we have to summarize things, but stereotypically the, the male or the higher desire person just wants the other person's desire to be brought up. Right. And when you really start questioning that higher desires person, you're like, are you providing sex that they're actually interested in? Right. How are you, how are you treating them, you know, day to day so that they're actually interested in doing this with you? Like there is ownership on everybody in the relationship. It's not one person that's broken. Right. No, not at all. And so then if we go from that to this idea of I'm broken, now all of a sudden I start to test out this fact that maybe I'm not. Um, what a, What's the leap you've come across that people need to, to take where they haven't seen it as this is something that's for my enjoyment to where they get to where, you know what, maybe I could really enjoy this. Because yeah, I think, I th- don't we get caught in a lot of the duty obligation? It's really not for me. I mean, that's what culture has done badly in a lot of ways where it's been male centered yeah. way too much. And that's totally disparaging and discouraging to women, but how do you get it to that change the changing of no, no, this is for me. I can enjoy this. This is something that's really good for me. Yeah. I mean, how I start is just part of it's just the sex education, right. Of like, we haven't, we're not even taught how to have sex so that the woman enjoys it. Right. Right. Like, and then we go around thinking she's the broken one. Right. So a lot of it's just education and being like, this is how your body works. This is how things have kind of got awry in heterosexual, you know, relationships, just education. Cause it starts again, poking holes of like, maybe I'm not the broken one. Oh, I I didn't know that most people don't have orgasms with penis and vagina penetration, right? Right. Like good to know. So you just kind of feel less broken about it. And then it's really that switch from like, being passive or accepting sex onto you to realizing you're a sexual being, you have agency. This is as much a part of your enjoyment as it should be anybody else's. It's really that, and I always, I describe it as like learning how to stand up, but it's like kind of learning how to own your space in it because women, again, stereotypically in our society, we're not encouraged to be sexual. Now I'm, te- now I'm telling you, you should enjoy sex. And like, <laughs> you know, it's a big leap. Yep. So you kind of get there slowly of like, hey, this is an activity that you have body parts designed for as much as anybody else does. Like, but you, you're not taught that that's okay. So part of it in owning it is knowing like, it's okay. We're all sexual beings. We're all deserving of this. Yeah. And in some cultures, because I'm thinking of some of the really religious, dogmatic, legalistic side of things, um, not only is, you know, something that you're not taught that you're a sexual being, if you are taught it, you're taught that that sexual prowess for a woman is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And so therefore you must be modest. You must, for the sake of the men who can't control themselves, you must, you know, rather than, hold on, that's disparaging to every human mm-hmm. of we are, we are not part of the animal kingdom that we can't control ourselves, hopefully. I mean, that's yep. kind of, I think we all need to strive for that at least <laughs> or nobody gets any work done and it's destructive to everybody. Right. So when you're, when you're walking through this of just the education, um, what are some of the main things that you come across where, when, when you start getting into the desire that as, cause you made the comment of menopause means, nope, I'm done. It, I won't, I won't enjoy this anymore. Let's, let's have the ceremony and we'll move on with a platonic relationship. 
Yeah. I mean, I think what, what a lot of people don't, it's that stereotype, right? Or a limiting belief, I guess, is like old people don't have sex. Our society doesn't model it. We don't see it in Hollywood. So we really have this belief that like, well, I guess what we had in our 20s was as good as it's going to get. Where when you read the research, you know, the, there's this amazing book called, uh, what is it? Magnificent Sex by Peggy Kleinpotts. Yep. It's like older people, whatever that might mean for people, 50s, 60s, 70s and above, have the best sex of their lives. So what can we learn from them? And number two, that just breaks down the barrier of like, yeah, it's over. Of like, no, 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 it can keep getting better, but you have to work. It, like, not at work like, ugh, but like, it's a skill, right? Like you don't, you're not good at, you're not good at, at tennis right away. Like you keep working at tennis, you're going to get better at tennis. Right. It's just, it's another skill that you can keep getting better at instead of this societal belief of like, old people don't have sex. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's what we do. Right. Um, I mean, the other thing I think just medically with menopause is things happen when we have low estrogen that really do affect, especially penis and vagina, penetrative intercourse. We do have to take care of our skin. We do, uh, I think, replacing estrogen in the vagina, very important. And people need to hear this, right? Because you're yes. where do you, where do we get this information from? Certainly the average doctor isn't going to be like, Yo, you're having great sex. You want to keep that good? Consider vaginal estrogen as like preventative healthcare. Yeah. So it's really important for people to know like what happens because of menopause doesn't mean that your sex life has to end. Yeah, I'm, I can see the billboards already, Kelly, uh, on the highway. <laughs> vaginal healthcare, vaginal preventative healthcare. healthcare. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> you know, you like go along. You probably see this with like you doing your podcast too. It's like you go along and then you're like... I didn't realize my purpose in life is just to tell people to use vaginal estrogen when it, when it's time. But I'm like, it keeps coming back to like, that's my, I guess my mission in life. But it, yeah, a, a limiting belief of like, if, if you're just supposed to stop having sex, once you hit a certain age, that's yeah. going to be a very different outcome than like, yeah. Hey, I hear the vaginal tissues get drier and more painful when we take estrogen away. What can I do to help prevent that? Right. So it's the way we think about things. No, that's huge because I, I hear it as you, you've kind of got the both ends of the spectrum mission right now, right? Of it's, it's education. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite phrases on just, we need to have a more accurate level of, of sex education for teenagers and kids too. Uh, this is from the theorist I did all my training under, Dr. Schnarch. And he made the comment of, if nothing else, we got to reach the point to where when we talk about sex, in a committed relationship to people that are younger than us, we need to explain to them the profoundness of what's going on. Because like in my case, I would say to my kids, you know, honey or kids, your mom and I've been banging away at each other for 28 years and we still haven't figured it all out. Right. It just, because there's so much more going on than just an act when you start bringing into the equation, because this is what I keep seeing with the re research you referenced that the elder we get into a relationship, the better the sex is because you're more comfortable in your own skin. And it's not necessarily what you do or don't do. It's who you are and who you bring to the party. Yeah. And there's a difference in that. There's less anxiety. There's less awkwardness. There's less, you know, some of that kind of stuff that it's just like, this is me. Here we go. And yep. some freedom there. Totally. There's so much freedom there. And again, that thought of you are not broken, right? Like if you take the I'm broken into the bedroom, your orgasms are hiding. Like they are not there, right? Like our body image, the way we view ourselves, kind of that what they call spectatoring, right? Yep. Like you're, 
you're watching sex to make sure it's going okay of like that is not where good sex lives that's not how the orgasm works in the brain neurologically so there's right. so much work to be done on that limiting belief and that body image and all that stuff to help li basically liberate yourself in the bedroom perfect well kelly uh as we kind of wrap up this segment i'm how do you, how do uh, anybody that's in the Sexy Merch Radio Nation that's listening to today's show, how do they find more about you? Give them a little bit of a spiel to find you because I want people to find your information because it is top notch. Thank you. So on Instagram, I'm Kelly Casperson, MD. Same with my website, kellycaspersonmd.com. Um, my podcast is You Are Not Broken. And then the book's coming out in 2022, You Are Not Broken, Stop Shooting All Over Your Sex Life. That's such a great title. I'm excited <laughs> for that already. Well, Kelly, thanks. thanks so much for the time thus far. Um, and I can't wait to continue the conversation here in just a minute. Well, I was humbled when I got on with uh, Dr. Casperson to record this episode. Yeah, why is that? Uh, because she's been doing this for about two years now. So she's, she's you know, getting started, got a good thing going with her podcast. Yeah, I was going to say in the Sorry. podcast world, Good she's been a doctor longer yes, than that. She, yes, she has. Yes. But she's now getting into the podcast world because it really is a chance to help a lot more people. Yeah. And she referred to me as one of the, uh, what what did she call it? The veterans at it. Well, for 10 for years. having been doing this yeah. for so long and even you getting are. in well at the beginning of podcasting, which is nice. fascinating to think, oh, it's been around a long time, which is humbling and grateful well, and you've been helpful going. to a lot of other people that are starting. So, and so wonderful she could come on and help our listeners as well. So, we love that community. Yeah, appreciate her being on, especially when we have the idea of um, a female MD mm -hmm. has a different viewpoint. Um, and it's so funny because she said something off the air. Um, I think I, I don't even remember if this was on the on the air or not. If you heard it, it's a repeat. But if, it, if not, <laughs> it's off the air. She said most people that are considered experts are the ones that are willing to say things over and over and over. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because how many times do I hear things over and over and over, and it takes about the tenth time for it to stick in my head. Right. Well, that's you're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. that's the truth of humanness. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Where if this is your first time here, we're so glad you, you found us and you stuck all the way through the episode. And if you've been here a while, I'm glad you keep coming back because maybe you're among us that I just need to keep hearing it again. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll get it this time. So we hope you got it this time. If we left something undone, please let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So however you've chosen to listen this week, thank you. And we'll see you again next time.